This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Joining me today for a short interview is one of the most badass women in motorsports, and Haley Shanley. And Haley, first off, how are you? Thanks for having me. I am doing well. Just enjoying my summer, trying to get more time yeah. on two wheels, less work, but always trying to find that balance. How are you doing? Um, as I explained beforehand, it's been quite a day. I got injured at the post office if anybody wants to ask i will take that offline but you know weird weird things happen here in india especially when it's what it's like 96 <laughs> degrees again today and uh the ac is is barely barely hanging on in my place same it's it's pretty disgusting i'm making a run for the northern border here tonight and going to canada uh i kid I, i'm enjoying that the warm weather while we have it but it's a little it's a little much <laughs> yeah anything above like 80 and i'm like kind of a cranky old man like and you know 90 it's just like i don't want to go like my dog wanted to lay outside yesterday and i'm like dude it's 97 degrees this is not you can't do this right 100 <laughs> percent so before we kind of talk about everything you've got going on now, uh, how did you get you know interested in motorsports? You know, originally you take us through kind of the uh, Haley's evolution into motorsports. Yeah, well, this dates back to my my childhood, teenage years. Um, I grew up in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, Minnesota area, and just always grew up being a, a fan, um, vaguely following, you know, NASCAR, but especially motocross, supercross, that was my thing. And um, in that same vein of the the high flying sports where I'm from, snowcross is really big. Um, you know that you know no surprise why I ended up there today, um, just <laughs> following my path. But um, what what really got me into motorsports was what really clicked for me in high school. Um, I was a world's okayest student, like B minus C plus student, <laughs> like getting by, you know. Um, a class that just really clicked for me was broadcast journalism and how it actually the class before that was like video production or something um, yeah. because, it'll, you know, it was a it was a field of study, but it allowed you to focus in on subjects that you wanted to. So I'm like, okay, well, like I'm a fan of, I like dirt bikes. So I'm gonna go film my buddies, like riding dirt bikes, turn it in and, you know, ace the the project. And I did. So, um, you know, just, I feel like that's just what I gravitated towards in my projects in school was motorsports because that's what I was a fan of. It's what I enjoyed. Um, so I, I knew that around that point, like 15, 16, 17 years old, that I wanted to get into broadcasting. Um, but I wanted to do so in a way that I was coming in from like the back end of things like the production the 
right. the live event producing all that stuff. Um, and I want to be a Swiss Army knife that no production team or network could deny me with those skills. Um, so I've uh, I just I I wanted to follow that path. But um, in high school and into my college years, graduating college, I was going to take any job I could in motorsports just to educate myself, learn not just about like pavement racing, motocross, supercross. I wanted to expand my knowledge base and um, just learn all that I could, learn the ins and outs, the cultures, all that. So um, that's, you know, it's been a long winding road of how I got to dirt track racing from there, which is where I really started professionally in this space. Um, but really just following my passion of motorsports. Um, worked a, a lot in off-road, which is where I still am today. Snowcross was my first opportunity on the mic, um, but then there was Speed Shift TV going on in the background, which um, has now been absorbed by Flow Racing. So that's a whole nother story. But um, along the way, yeah, it just really started with um, just, just being a race fan and my passion and following that and taking any opportunity I could possibly get my hands on. So who were your kind of, you know, racing heroes? Who did you look up to, uh, you know, in those days? Loved a big Jeff Gordon fan on the NASCAR side. Um, But on the motocross side, it was Kevin Windham and Chad Reed. Okay. All right. I like it. So let's see here. Snowcross. This one thing I've been fascinated with since I helped produce an episode of the A-Main podcast that you were a guest on a couple years ago. And shout out to Matt and Billy for rocking all of that and introducing me to Snowcross. But if if somebody doesn't know what Snowcross is, granted, our audience is probably largely open wheel fans. So what is Snowcross? What's you know interesting about it? And then I guess point B is where can people check it out for those who would be interested? It's a great question, and I really like comparing it to motocross because it's okay. it's similar. The tracks are built with these big jumps and these high-banked corners, similar to what you'd see on a moto or supercross track, And except it's snowmobiles. And instead of dirt, it's a snow track. It's one of the most scenic sports, in my opinion, just the, that beautiful white snow um, just paired with the high contrast of these loud, bright, beautiful machines. So um, it's it's high speed. It's, it's action. It's a very physical sport. Um, so that's what I'd compare it to. Too. It's it's definitely it has its roots. The sport of snowcross is really not that old. Um, it really started with it, its core in circle track oval ice racing, um, which is still a big thing today. Um, but the sport kind of you know it branched off into snowcross and like the 80s 90s really took off. Then came over from Europe. That's where it originated in Scandinavia. So. Um, yeah, Amsoil Championship Snowcross is the premier series, but there's other regional circuits. Um, Canada has their national tour there. And to check it out, what's really cool that started this season is that Snowcross is now on Flow Racing. So uh, we really want to get more motorsports enthusiasts excited about it because while Snowcross, it's, I'll be honest, it's a niche. You know, a, yeah. predominantly our fan base is people from areas with snow or have some connection to snowmobiling or snow sports. So, um, but... I will say, and because I'm fans of other sports as well, motorsports, that it's a form of racing and a thrill that I think the general motorsports enthusiast can appreciate. So to answer your question of where you can watch it, flow racing. Awesome. I have checked it out a little bit over the last few years, and it's super fun to watch. But you know, I know you've got a, a million things going on. You're just kind of you know, color commentating, reporting, podcasting. So... I don't know which one you want to take first here, but 
you know, what's it like? I guess what's it like being behind you know the microphone and 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 announcing and how you know, is it more challenging or, or less challenging than just kind of your know, standard you know reporting on stuff? That's a good question. It's a it's very different um, because you have to really learn. I, I will say that you know starting as a reporter, um, just if you're comparing the amount of minutes on air as a reporter to the amount of minutes on air as a color commentator commentator or play-by-play it's much smaller as a reporter but um I feel like maybe for me that was more pressure and that when you're on you got to be on 100% no room for error um and really that's the standard in anyone who's holding a mic um so I I think it's just you know you got to be able to really carry a conversation carry not even a conversation it's sometimes one way you're speaking right to the viewer just be able to have all of the information your homework at your disposal your knowledge um, everything right there just to carry it for hours on end. So it's definitely challenging in that way. But for me, um, as much as it is a challenge to be in the booth, it's it's almost more relaxed because you learn to calm yourself down, you know, not having yeah. to fit all your stuff into 30 seconds of airtime at a time or whatever. Um, and it's really about who you're paired with. Um, if you're in the booth with another or two other people, I've been very fortunate enough to find really good chemistry with the gentleman that I've been paired with. So that part is is really, really fun for me. Um, so it's it's just a very different different workflow. So I'm in the booth all winter long. Um, I might go report for select other events here and there, but come summertime, I'm, I'm down trackside again for both off-road and some, some um, sprint car races here and there. And it's it's just a, a different mindset I have to adjust myself to, um, but it's it's a lot of fun. Um, if I if I have to say if I prefer one or the other, that's that's really tough. I think for snowcross, like that's the one where I really couldn't pick because I've been down trackside and I like being in the action and connecting with people. Um, it's always such a pleasure having a guest in the booth. Um, but that said, to be in the booth and where it's warm and not negative 20 that's that's decent also yeah. so yeah, that's um yeah i guess they both have their their challenges and and perks i would say so when you're when you're preparing to be trackside versus preparing to you know commentate on an event what you know what's the difference in the type of preparation you're doing I think when I when I go to report, um, kind of what my homework and when I'm on site, and that includes my homework as well, just talking to people. Like I'll pick like four or five good stories. Let's say um, for the average, well, it's more than that. For off road, if I have six on air hits, every competition yellow, they're going to come to me for every pro race. I got to have six good stories lined up. Um, but you always got to ha- be prepared for more if there's a, an extended red flag or sure. just downtime in the broadcast to chime in. So it's more limited to like I come up with a list whereas um you know with being in the booth you try to just have a broad spectrum of not just those stories but you want to make sure you have like stats and a little bit of something on every single athlete out there to the best of your knowledge um facts on the venue so I try to bring as much of that as I can into reporting um but just with what the production demands of me um it's more like story based where I would say in the booth it's just yeah like I said very broad but lots of hours put into it for both. That's for sure. Yeah, that last part has me thinking. So you know, you're essentially on the road in some way, shape, or form for some racing, summer or winter. Do you ever get a rest? <laughs> I do. That's become really, really important to me. Actually, yeah. just not only like resting my mind, but my body as well. Um, yeah. 
I don't like I don't know how I would do it in my like my early 20s like I go out and just like have a beer and like enjoy myself whatnot man I can't do that anymore like I need to be in bed by like 10 p.m. if I'm waking up at sometimes 5 5 30 to get ready for a show um but not only that but just to relax my mind decompress do my homework um so I've really learned to prioritize that um and it's and also like being a being an introvert like I, I recharge my batteries when I'm alone not saying I don't like people but I just really need that time to like process the day get ready for the next one so sometimes when you're just in a situation like you have media days on end before a, a broadcast weekend it's yeah. really like it's really exhausting so I just have I've had to like at the risk of sounding like someone who who hates everyone because that's not always the case just have to politely <laughs> excuse myself from some social outings and situations but um it's good no and, and in the summertime now I, well year round really i i went from doing so many different kinds of motorsports from watercross sprint cars you know midgets micros all this stuff to where like i love doing that but um i think it was just kind of time for my schedule to to narrow down a little bit, I wanted to hone in on and specialize on the sports that I was doing. I didn't want to just like know a little bit of each. I wanted to really know it all on just a few select projects. So um, that's why my schedule is a little bit more narrowed down now. I pretty much just stick to um, off-road and snowcross racing and ice oval in the winter time. And like I said, only a, only a handful of sprint car events nowadays. Um, and part of that is because Flo just kind of took me off the air. So, um, you know, kind of by my choice to, to scale down, but also some factors that are out of my control. So trying to prioritize that time to myself. And like you said, time to sleep. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I get it. A couple of years ago, I tried. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to, you know, cover the IndyCar race in Toronto and party on the week, and, and before the night before the race. And that was when I, I learned. I was like, I'm too old to do, like, I need, because I just couldn't focus on the race. And I turned down a lot of, like, oh, let's have, let's have beers. I'm like, okay, I'll have a beer. And then I'm going back to my hotel or my Airbnb or whatever because I just, I know, especially, like, this weekend and this past weekend road america like driving home after the race that's a six-hour drive and like mm -hmm. getting up at 6 a.m like i need my rest okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. Absolutely. And, you know, as a media person yourself, you probably know that that foggy brain feeling like you may be like, you know, physically, you may be like doing all right. But like during the race or right after you're trying to do like a, a recap or a show or something and yeah. you're just 
your brain just won't fire and it I don't know why it took me like <laughs> my early 20s to figure out that oh maybe if you just like take care of your your mind and your body you can fight through that fog a little bit better so yeah you you and I would get it <laughs> yeah I had to learn the hard way 29 2019 was a lot of like uh wow I probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have stayed out late last night weekends and then Toronto was like the okay you can't do this anymore Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so I know you've, you've covered a ton of different racing. Is there a, kind of like a bucket list race that you haven't gotten to go to as a fan or to cover that you would like to get to in some capacity at some point? So I, I'm checking off as a fan. I'm checking stuff off the list this year. Yeah. I went to my first Indy 500 a few weeks ago. It was incredible. It was I. Did, I tell people my family who haven't been. I'm like, this is the Disney World of motorsports. All right, yeah. like all, they spare no expense. All the stops were pulled out, so it was just such a wonderful time. Going to my first uh, Formula One race this weekend in Montreal. Oh, uh, so never been to Formula One. Um, and I think like like a lot of people um, that I've spoken to got really into it when that Netflix series came out because I had vague familiarity with it. You know, you loosely follow it, but that just like ignited something. So as yeah. a fan, checking those out. Um, but as professionally, events I want to cover, I've been so fortunate to cover like the biggest ones that I've wanted to. Um, you know, being a big 410 wing sprint car girl, um, just to have been able to work with the all-stars was I love that. I cherished every moment. Um, but uh, as far as events I want to cover professionally, I honestly, I'm working in my dream circuits right now with yeah. off-road and snowcross. So that, that to me, um, it's hard to look, look past that. Um, you know, I've, I've always had my eye on, on the outdoor motocross circuit, Luke Soil, um, and Monster Energy Supercross. And I don't think that the time time is right um there's been some conversations they're all very good ones and um very honored to have been part of those conversations but um yeah, we'll keep it going and, and see what happens but you know i like i've i found my way in snowcross i feel home there um and i don't know i think there's more work to be done there before i'm ready to walk away from a pro, you know yeah. an assignment um and really a passion of mine so who knows maybe one day i would love to be part of um two-wheel racing in some capacity Hell yeah. So first off, jealous about Montreal. I <laughs> still, despite having F1 episodes weekly for the last couple years, have not gotten to cover a race. So I'm, I'm, and this week, it was just too much IndyCar on the road to me to want to go this weekend. But last, last question, you have a podcast as well. I know you have a, a really cool co-host on it. I've gotten to listen to a couple episodes, but you know, what's the podcast about? Where can people find it? And yeah, whatever you want to say about that. Yeah, so I'm on a couple of um, podcasts right now. Um, my, my my friend Jackie Reese and I, yes. um, we recently retired our podcast. Um, just being oh, no. like our, our our careers are getting in the way, and um, you know, just with her racing schedule and stuff, it's gotten so hard. So um, that was the Mini Moto Show. We specialized in talking about snow bikes, um, the backcountry, but specifically with um, the racing side of things with Amsoil Championship Snowcross. So I wouldn't say it's it's a uh, completely done and dusted you know never know we might resurrect that one come snow cross season again but um that was that's been a really fun one for sure but the current projects i work on too 
are the Snowcross podcast presented by Amsoil and the, the Grand Prix Scudu de Valcour podcast, which is a uh, GPSV. If you're not familiar, it is a very, it's one of the, my favorite event of the winter. It is a very large, <laughs> um, isoval snowcross snow bike and, um, VTT, which is, um, their, um, four wheelers and motorcycles on ice. And this is in the Valcour, Quebec. I think I need to watch that this year because every time I hear ice oval, I get super pumped up. And that's the one thing I haven't watched yet. It's I'm gnarly. Very int- it sounds insane from the way it's been described before. I've heard it a couple times. I just haven't gotten to watching it yet. The speeds that they go, like if you've ever seen a like you know a sport bike racing, like either yeah. on a road course or the oval, like that's what it's like. And they're they're like leaned off the sled, just grazing the ice, pretty much. Like it's the speeds that they're going blow your mind. And then you know snowmobiles, those are purpose built for ice. Those are gnarly, but then you see like the motorcycles and quads on ice. It just it blows your mind. Like these guys walk <laughs> such a fine line of insanity yeah. at all times. So mucho respect. Hell yeah. Well, we'll wrap it up there, Haley. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time this afternoon, especially since it was kind of late notice when I when I reached out. So I appreciate that and safe travels. Enjoy Montreal. Well, thank you so much, Mike. It's yeah. always a treat being on the show. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.